Hello, I'm Tony Tone, and you're listening to the Walk Tour podcast. Forging a career path is hard, and we all know that there's a confidence gap between men and women in business, especially for those just starting out. But what if you could learn from the women who have broken through, challenged stereotypes, and stepped into their power? Well, now you can. Welcome to Walk Tall, a podcast brought to you by Carolina Herrera. Following in the footsteps of Carolina herself, who over the last four decades has become one of the world's most distinguished fashion and beauty designers, this show will empower the next generation of women to reach their full potential in the workplace. We'll be inviting icons in their industries to share their tips, tricks, and takeaways for defining success on your terms. In other words, think of this show as your personal portable career coach. And in each episode, I'll tackle a different workplace challenge to help you find the confidence to walk toward. For our first episode, we'll be talking about the power of perseverance and how you can build resilience as you move through your career. We're also looking at success in all its forms because success is not an end result, it is a journey. Here to show us how to play the long game in our careers is a record-breaking world champion heptathlete who has inspired people across the world as the poster woman for perseverance. It is such a privilege to welcome Katerina Johnson-Thompson, an icon in the athletics world, to walk tall. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I don't even know where to begin with your intro. You have done so many amazing things, but I will give it my best shot. Katerina is one of the world's greatest heptathletes, having just won gold at the Commonwealth Games, adding to an already huge list of accolades. Kat has previously won gold at the 2019 World Championships, smashing the British record and ranking her at number six on the all-time heptathlon list. She also holds the British record for the women's pentathlon, as well as two British high jump records. Kat took part in her first Olympics in 2012 at just 19 and has captivated the world for over a decade with world championships, European championships, Commonwealth Games and two more Olympic Games under her belt. Along the way, Kat has overcome a number of hurdles in her career, pun intended. Most recently, she suffered a calf injury mid-competition at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. But time and time again... She fights her way back to the top with a level of focus and determination that she has come to be known for. Kat is living proof that the path to career success may not always be smooth, but she has shown that the journey and how we handle it along the way is a true marker of success. So Kat, welcome. You are our first guest and we are so excited to welcome you to Walk Tour. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) First off, congratulations on winning gold. That's amazing. Uh, Before we get into the interview, I do want to ask you a question. What did you want to be when you grew up? So I've got two answers for this one because I've always done athletics since since as long as I can remember, since we started doing those career guidelines sort of chats in school. It's like, well, there's no... There's no subject for me to click on, but I think when I was very, very young, I wanted to be a spy. And I did used to actually (laughs) carry a briefcase around with the top 10 most wanted people in the world, just in case, you know, I saw them. But I think, yeah, finally, an athlete is always, it's just something I've always wanted to be. Um, Track and field athlete is, is something that, you know, I was very clear on from a young age. 
sorry, but I just need to divert for a second. So how old were you when you were carrying a suitcase with a list of the world's most wanted people in it? And binoculars and I think um, like a little water gun. I was really sat on like trying to capture one of these, these top 10 most wanted people. And how old were you at the time? I think about like eight or nine. And you were so intrigued with like <laughs> criminals and catching criminals. That is hilarious. I, I want to ask when things changed for you. When were you sure of the career path you wanted to go down? So it was... For me, I think athletics is a hobby that I developed when I was a kid. You know, I did ballerina dancing from when I was in nappies until I was about nine years old. And when I didn't want to do that anymore, my mum instilled the fact that I needed to have something alongside school. So she said, whatever you do, you know, we'll we'll look into it. And I did keyboard lessons. I did football and I found athletics. Um, and that was just a hobby at the time. And I went quite far with it and ended up in the 2012 Olympics. And I think it wasn't until then I realized I could have a career path doing that. Whereas before it was just something that I loved and something that I wanted to do and something that I had to drag my mom to take me to the track to train. Um, But yeah, it wasn't very clear on how I could be that as a professional sort of earn money as an athlete. I didn't really know that that was a possibility. It was just something I loved. I love how you said... I went quite far in it and ended up at the Olympics. I just, puff, magically appeared there. That's hilarious. I want to talk about your win because you've just come back from the Commonwealth Games. It was hosted in Birmingham and you came back with a gold. How are you feeling right now? Tired. I can imagine. (laughs) I'm feeling tired, but no, I'm absolutely buzzing. It was one one of the best experiences of my career. I think I've been very fortunate in the span I've had. We've had quite a few home championships um but this is the first home games that we've had since 2012 and the magic just felt like it just came back instantly you know the crowd was there for morning sessions it was to 30,000 people all just like clapping and screaming for you know any British athletes and it was just insane and that like sort of village atmosphere and to come away with the gold um it's just something that definitely just topped topped the whole experience off for me. Oh, massive congratulations again. Just to journey back a bit, you gave us a bit of context about the things you did when you were younger, doing ballet for a bit, you did football, then athletics as a hobby. Can you tell us a bit more about that journey for those who might not be familiar with your story? Yeah, so for me, I didn't really have a role model to do athletics to say like I want to be like them I'm going to get into athletics it was just something that I did with my school I was naturally good at high jump because I was the tallest in the class it was um, an event that fell into my lap and I joined the Liverpool Harriers I think about 13 years old and it was just something that I did every Tuesday and Thursday night and because I was there and me and my mum we didn't have a car at the time so we got a whole bush ride and a walk through a park there. It was like, oh, I might as well try this event. I might as well do the long jump home. I'm here at this time. The hurdles is on. Let's add events. And eventually I added them all up together and found an event called the Heptathlon, which, yeah, I, I really loved and really enjoyed. And I loved the adventure of it. And yeah, it was, it was going through the age group. So it became like Liverpool champ and then county champ. And then you get to represent... Um, Great Britain as an under 18 and yeah I did the first World Youth Champs in 2009 and that's when I won and made it onto that global stage and it was yeah it was just it just snowballed from there really. So at what point did you know you wanted to turn it into a profession? Was it the winning that made you decide you wanted to pursue that 
or had you already made your mind up before the accolades? So I think it was the winning that got me into the sport. And then when I took it as far as 2012, when I was only 19 and I got into that team, I was completely, you know, I was a spectator in that event. I had no business being there, but it was my first home champs. It was the biggest sort of moment of my life. It was my first senior international and it was 80,000 people in the stadium. There was millions of people watching at home. And yeah, I was just sort of thrown into the deep end at that point. And I did the competition. I think I must have finished 15th, but it was that victory lap with um, Jess Ennis Hill that when we went around and I saw that this was what people do for a living, I was just like, I want this. I I literally want to have this moment myself. And yeah, it was a moment that really impacted me. And um, later that year, well, later that month it was that was August 2012 September 2012 was my first week in university and I sat into a lecture hall and I was just like this is not for me and I quit uni there and then and decided to pursue athletics full-time and and just I thought at that point I'm young um I'm not going to be doing athletics forever I can always come back to education if I need that in the future but for now I'm just going to put that sort of yeah, my passion into into fruition and, and hopefully put all my eggs in this basket and, and see where I can take it. So you've talked about two moments in your life that have really stood out. So 2012 Olympics, that was a defining time for you. And obviously your latest win. Are there any more career moments that really stand out for you when you think about your journey? There was, there's many different lows, I think, that have helped me ultimately, you know, make that high point. I don't want to get too into them but I think the highs along the way um have helped me keep that spark and keep that love um but yeah it was definitely 2012 that started off this whole thing and the most recent win has definitely chalked it off um because it it was a home games and I did have that moment with the crowd and yeah I really got quite emotional because I did think back to that 2012 moment um but I think in the middle of that the Doha World Championships um when I broke the British record that Jess set on that day. Um, it was it was really shocking to me because I always dreamed it, but I never thought that I could actually do it. Wow, that's amazing. I know that a lot of people listening who may not know so much about your journey are hearing about all the amazing wins. And, and you just mentioned it's a mix of not just the wins, but also the low moments and the fact that it makes those wins so much more special. I know about your story because I've watched you, I've read up on you. So I know some of those low moments, but can you tell the listeners who aren't so familiar about some of the low moments that stood out and what you learned about them? I think for me, I sort of mourn my development as a youth. I think because I got thrown into that deep end um, so early on in my career um, at 19 years old and everyone, the whole country watched that event and the whole country fell in love with the heptathlon because of Jess. And then, you know, she went off and had a baby and then everyone sort of was like, well, who are we going to watch now? Like, who's going to win for us now? And I felt like a lot of pressure to carry on that um, mantle at such a young age, which I wasn't ready for. Um, so I think, the, and, and then when Jess came back and <laughs> it was pitted against each other as sort of head to head, which, yeah, definitely um, made me sort of lose confidence and spiral and, and not be able to perform and and injuries alongside that yeah didn't help so I think the lack of development there took me a long 
time to come back and, and develop at my own rate and, and get the consistency and confidence back. So I think that's one part of it. And the other part is is big, big career-threatening injuries that I've had um, even most recently as, as like last year. In all those times, I can imagine it, it would have been very difficult to stay motivated because it might have felt like one knock after another. Then you're dealing with comparison as well. How do you motivate yourself during those times? I, I always try and say to any young, yeah, young boys and girls out there that when they're trying to have the, when they're trying to to find the passion and when they're trying to find what they want to do in life, they need to be, they need to really love it because if you don't love it, then you're just gonna check out when the low times hit. I think it's because I love the sport so much that I know what I'm doing it for and I know that I'm doing it for this reason. So I can't quit on myself because, you know, and I feel like I'm very stubborn as well. I'm just like, no, I'm actually not going to go out this way. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to allow my story to end like this. So I feel like, yeah, it's the bigger picture and it's the motivation. But I feel like when you're so in it, you're just on job. And it's just like athletes have a very specific, you're, like, I know what date my heptathlon is going to be for the next Olympics in Paris. Like, you need to be wow. ready in two years on this day, on this time. And I think it's so easy to then set goals for that. Um, who knows what's going to come up in between those goals? But we have very, like, we have time restraints. So it's, um, you can stay motivated by just planning. And, yeah, you need to love it as well. So it's the elements of those two that I think help me, you know, ultimately yeah, get back for, for any event that, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to get back or get up to a certain standard. And it's not until afterwards you sort of go, like you sort of yeah. decompress and go, I didn't realise how much energy that took. But yeah, I think it's just when you're on job, you're on job. So you've heard it here first, the double P's, passion and planning. How do you know then when it's time to shake things up? Would you say when you fall out of love with something or could there be other signifiers? When, when I need to shake things up, I think I can relate to that this year when I made a, a coaching move, a change. Um, you know, after the Tokyo Olympics, unfortunately, my previous coach, he, he retired and he had to find another job. Um, so I didn't really know what to do and where to go. And I needed to find other solutions that um, I wanted to get, you know, where because we've had such a big season this year. And yeah, it's just, I think, giving it time limits um, is definitely is definitely helpful in that, you know, if you're committing to a certain project and you're doing every single thing you can in order for that project to work, but things just aren't clicking and you can be honest with yourself and it's not a, your lack of motivation and it's it's something that, you know, just doesn't work, then, yeah, you've just got to drop out and know when to, to prioritise what's right for you. You come across like someone who has a lot of self-belief. Has people, have people said that to you before? Um, I think so. I think... People have said that to me before, but I don't think it's that true. Really? Why? <laughs> yeah, because it's always like it's always an exterior of athletes that they have to go out there. And it's something that does not bug me, but like I wish athletes could be more honest in their approach to um, their competition. You have to go out there, you have to put on this face and put on like this belief. But a lot of people are going through it and a lot of people find it hard to do, you know, the sport or just not even the sport in general, just life at the minute. So I feel like you have to put on that poker face in order to be able to compete against your competitors with the consensus weakness. But I wish people were just more honest and it's like, no, I'm actually, you know, I'm struggling with this event or I'm not, you know, and I, I want to get that out more that 
when I've been struggling in the past and I see everyone just thinking that, you know, everything's fine. Yeah. You can't relate to anyone. You've got no connection. So I just wish yeah, people, athletes were more honest with, with their struggles. It's quite refreshing to hear that your self-belief is not this automatic like trigger that you just push, that it's something even you have to work on considering how many wins you have under your belt. How do you tackle that voice in your head then when it comes to comparison or telling yourself you're not good enough? I've been, this year has been super difficult for me to overcome that and this is why that Commonwealth Games win was so important for me. I feel like the last couple of years after my Achilles rupture, after COVID, after Tokyo getting injured in the event, my confidence was at an all-time low. And then when I come into this season, I wasn't getting any of those confirmations from events and I wasn't able to respond, you know, like competitively, whether that be someone goes past me in the hurdles and I don't go with them or it's a third attempt in the high jump and I just haven't got that, yeah, sort of adrenaline that gets me over the bar and I've I've lacked that. So I was really happy with the Commonwealth Games. Um, I feel like the crowd helped me with that and I feel like I found my feet again. But yeah, it was really tough trying to find that again. And it took a lot of consistency and a lot of people helping around me as well to, to talk me up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sport is really hard and, and you'll, you'll go through those peaks and, and valleys. And yeah, it's just, um, it's just trying to yeah, have that belief ultimately when you step on the line. It's impressive that even through all those low moments, you still remain determined to keep going and still very passionate about the sport. Are there any lessons you've learned from sport in particular that you feel that people listening could apply to their careers outside of sport? Say, for example, working in an office or uh, starting a business. Yeah, I, I feel like goal setting is definitely important. Um, but also... I know before I said about the time limits with the coach, but I feel like ultimate like lifetime goals, I don't feel like they have to happen like straight away. Like I burst onto the scene in 2012 um, and I didn't win a, a world championships medal until 19, 2019. Um, so it's important that like everyone's journey is different. And if your goals on, you know, coming out like as fast as, a fast enough rate that you want to to just have that sort of patience and and to know that everyone's timeline is different I think that's important um in your mentality and to approach to business but also like small goal setting and just making sure that what you do every day is ultimately helping towards your bigger goal is important as well okay so small goal setting and and basically not putting a deadline on your timeline I guess (laughs) The pressure that you deal with must be so intense. And I feel like it, I, well, I assume, I, I don't know what it feels like, but I assume that with every win, there's even more pressure that comes with that. And one might think that once you win, you can sit back. But I feel like in the world of sport, it's completely different. It's just at another level of pressure that you feel potentially you may have to live up to. How do you deal with that? How do you stay focused and stay calm under pressure and not allow all those external voices to get to you? Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, I've 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 been 
uh, I've experienced just exactly what you've just said. You know, in 2019, when I won the world champs, you sort of have that sigh of relief and you go, okay, this is me now. Like, I'm a winner now. Yeah. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is me. And then life hits, like COVID straight away, Achilles rupture after that. And then you're sort of climbing back and, and trying to get back. I think the, the worst place you can be mentally is like when you're trying to scramble to get back to somewhere where you've been. Okay. And I think accepting where you're at and then working on that. Like this year, I'm not at my 2019 levels, but I've worked with the tools that I've got. Yeah. And I've managed to still win but it's nowhere near as good as what I used to be. But it's accepting that every day is not a personal best day, but I'm just going to do what I can do and this is going to be enough. And, and yeah, just working on that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to block it out. And I do work with a, a good psychologist as well, which is definitely helpful. Um, he talks about rational thoughts and um, that inner, inner voice that is sort of, telling you all the things that could go wrong it's like trying to talk back to that and saying like you're not helpful in what we're trying to achieve right now so if you can just get on side with me and and talk to me about practical reasons like practical things that that can help and it's just about yeah controlling that voice you've touched on something that um, really stands out to me I think when we think about athletes and people in sport we often assume they put so much effort solely in the physical resilience, working out, physical training, going to the gym. When you've just mentioned that you actually speak to someone about how you're feeling, how important, in your opinion, is it to work out your mental health as much as your physical? Mental health is like half the battle. I think at at a professional level for athletes, we're all working professionally each day, like focusing on what we're doing, like putting hours and hours into our craft. Like we're all on a level playing field in what we do physically. It's like the mental, when you get out there, who can turn up, who can like put those negative thoughts aside, mm. who can, like that's 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 exactly what professional sport is, like controlling that. And I feel like, especially in heptathlon, it's such a mental battle. In every event, it's such a mental battle. Um and that's why yeah, it's hard to fully engage with each other when we're struggling mentally because then, you know, you, people, your competitors will see a chink in your armor. So it's uh, that level of, of being honest, but also being like, yeah, having this mental battle when you're out there on the track to be like, I'm not, I'm, you're not beating me today. <laughs> I would love to talk about success because you have seen a lot of it in your career multiple record breaker, world champion, and Stylist Magazine Remarkable Women Awards also gave you Sports Person of the Year in 2019. But I want to know how you define success. My my definition of success definitely change, changes a lot year to year. You know, when I was young and coming into the sport, it's like Olympic gold, world record <laughs> or nothing. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I, I do laugh about it now. And I feel like in, in, even in 2016, when I was um, full of like, when I had a lot of pressure on my shoulders and I thought that I could win and I believed it. And I was like, 
I don't even want silver or bronze. It's like, I want gold. And I was in the comp and now I, I look back and I think I wish I had an Olympic bronze medal because that's just so stupid. Such a stupid thing to say. But I feel like now success when, and it's easy for me to say because, you know, I've got that world world gold medal now and, and stuff, but I feel like success. And I've got this on, on the back of my phone. It's, it's a calm mind and just like happiness success for me is just like doing whatever you love with a calm mind having a calm mind is so important because I feel like that's what we're stuck with when we go to bed at night it's just me and my mind so I feel like if you're at peace with that then yeah you'll you'll be happy and from all your life experience if there's someone listening and they feel like ah they're not motivated they deal with a lot of hurdles in their career and in their life and they just want to give up what piece of advice would you give to them? I feel like motivation is definitely comes from a place where you're not where you want you're not where you want to be at that point. And I feel like when I'm unmotivated, I'm overwhelmed um, because I've got too much going on, or I'm, I'm putting too much pressure on myself, or I'm setting my goals too high, and it's not. I feel like your body can sense like the energy of of being overwhelmed is, is knowing that something's not going to happen or something's not quite right. So I feel like I always just go to, go to town on like a pen and paper and I just try to organize things like fully and just get all my thoughts out on paper. And then things just start to make sense. And that just, that just works for me. I don't know if it works for everyone, but I just like getting, I just like seeing things on paper and, and then you can figure it out whatever they're going through. That was really helpful. Thank you. Can we talk about what's next for you? Um, I probably will go on holiday. Oh, you deserve <laughs> it. Honestly, you deserve a very long break. Very <laughs> much that. What's next for me is, um, yeah, I've just finished the season, so I'm going to definitely have some some rest. I think that's important to yeah. just decompress and, yeah, take in what a stressful year this has been and, and celebrate the good times. Um, and then I feel like, yeah, I've got another World Champs next year and then we've got Paris 2024, which will be... Fingers crossed, touch wood, my fourth Olympics. Fingers crossed. I have another question for you. I asked my followers on Instagram to send through any questions they may have for you about their life or their career. We've got loads of questions in, by the way. One in particular really stood out, and I would love to ask you this question. This is from Hillary, and Hillary asked... How do I develop myself personally for me to reap the rewards in my career? Wow, that's that's really such a good question. Um, I think that you need to, and this this would be going on. I think I've asked the same question to to my psychologist. So <laughs> disclaimer: it's not it's not my um, it's not my advice, but advice that I've used from from someone else. But I think having whatever you feel like is your moral your morals you write them down it could be like to be a generous person it could be to be kind it could be you know whatever whatever you feel like and if you just stick to them each day nothing really else matters um and you can feel happy with yourself um that you are a b and c and you can stick to that thing um so for me it's like when I step onto a track um and I don't win I know that, you know, I've, I've got these things in my life. I've got my family. I've got, you know, my dogs who love me unconditionally. I've, 
you know, got integrity and that's what I try to stick with. So ultimately, if I walk away from the track, it's not I've lost, therefore I'm a bad person. So I love that. Focusing on your core values, focusing on your character and knowing that anything in addition to that is a plus, but it doesn't define you. Exactly. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I would love to play a game with you now. So it's a quick fire round. (laughs) I have some cards. I want to ask you some questions. You have to try your best to answer all of them in under two minutes. Do you think you can do this? (sighs) Probably not. I feel like you can. You you win gold medals. You'll be fine with this. We'll just get the timer ready and go. Your biggest career dream? (sighs) Olympic gold. In five years, you'd like to be? On a beach. (laughs) Best career moment so far? Uh... Doha 2019. Biggest career risk? Moving to France in 2016 when I didn't speak the language and I pretty much was like my mum just did everything for me at that point so I wasn't independent. First job? I've never had a job. (laughs) You've got a job now. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had a proper job. Feeling empowered is? Feeling empowered is when I'm doing like a high jump or a long jump and I start the clap for the crowd and they're all behind me and then I actually clear it or do a good jump. I love that. Favourite work snack? Favourite work snack is chocolate croissant. Favourite work song? Um, my The only song I listened to for the Commonwealth Games on repeat, I, was, I had a whole playlist, but it was Beyonce's new song called Heated. Oh, nice. It's so good. Biggest motivator? Uh, my mom. Success is? Success is just... Oh, don't worry, you've got time, don't worry. Don't look at the clock. Success is happiness. Your dream mentor is? Um, I've got her, actually. Denise, Denise Lewis. You feel most drained when? Um, I've not had, like, personal time. I need me time. Just be alone. You feel most engaged when? Um, playing, playing. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I actually don't know. We're at a 10 second mark. Come on, you can do this. Um, when I'm with my dogs and, and yeah, I'm throwing a ball for them. You feel most confident when? Um, when I'm in my competition kit. Oh, time is up. <laughs> almost, almost, but you did amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kat, for sharing your truly inspirational story with our listeners today and for giving us an insight into what perseverance and playing the long game can achieve. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. (laughs) Hey, I'm glad. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, remember to tell your friends and please let us know what you think by leaving a review and a rating. If you'd like to join us for a live recording and rap party in London to celebrate our season finale, head over to the Carolina Herrera website for the chance to attend the limited ticket event. Just visit carolinaherrera.com. That's carolinaherrera.com. And one final thing before you go. If you're at the beginning of your career and you want the confidence to pursue success on your terms, then I invite you to apply to join the Carolina Herrera Career Collective. Created in partnership with She Almighty, the collective is a bespoke 12-month group coaching program designed to kickstart your career, discover new opportunities, and be part of a community of like-minded women looking to do the same. 
just head over to the She Almighty website at shealmighty.com forward slash Carolina Herrera Collective. That's shealmighty.com forward slash Carolina Herrera Collective. A quick one from me to tell you about a show that I think you'll really enjoy. If, like me, you're fascinated by incredible founders and what drives them to succeed, then you should check out the Secret Leaders podcast. The podcast explores the highs, lows, and learnings from the people who've built businesses like Monzo, Slack, and lastminute.com. I think you'll love Secret Leaders. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.